Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Minnesota Twins 10, the Cleveland Indians 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And, oh boy, not too enjoyable yesterday, not too enjoyable on the YouTube TV broadcast, and it was a pretty rough day for the Indians. And, unfortunately, the curse of progressive field has finally been lifted, it had been six games in a row that the team had scored first would end up losing the game. In fact, I think the team that scored first wouldn't score again. And then the other team would... Oh, no, I take that back. The Twins game yesterday was a back and forth. So, yeah, uh, it was the team that scored first would ultimately lose the game. And after Buxton hit the leadoff home run, I said, well, maybe, maybe it's a good thing if the curse of progressive field is still in effect. Nope. Curse is broken. The Twins run away with this one after scoring four runs in the first, and Logan Allen was just awful yesterday. He knew it. Francona knew it. The fans in the stands knew it. It was a rough day. It was a really rough day for Logan Allen, and we will. I mean, there's no storylines in yesterday's game except Logan Allen sucked. The Indians were in a hole that they just could not climb out of. Just they even hit Jay Hap hard. I mean, they did hit Twins pitching hard, but they had nothing to show for it. There were 12 hard-hit balls yesterday off of Twins pitching, pitching most off of Jay Happ. And Indians had nothing to show for it, really, aside from an Ahmed Rosario uh, home run and a Yu Chang fielder's choice RBI. It was just, it was just one of those days, man. One of those days where it's just not your day. All right, so let's get into it. What happened with Logan Allen here? Well, he gives off a lead-off home, lead home run to Buxton, another home run to Donaldson, walks Cruz, and then gives up a home run to Polanco. And it was just it was just on. The route was just on from there. Logan Allen only lasts an inning and a third. Frankly, I'm surprised they left him in that long. I'm surprised he came back out to start the second. Five hits, six earned runs, a walk, a strikeout, and three home runs allowed on 52 pitches. Man, in one and one-third, he was hard hit six times. The Indians overall yesterday were hard hit 17 times. That means 95-plus mile per hour exit velocity. If you look at the total exit velocities yesterday in the game, the Twins hold 11 of the top 12 hard-hit balls yesterday. Yu Chang's ground out in the fifth inning is the only Indians hit that registers in the top 12. These are at 105 mile per hour or higher. I mean, they were just getting smoked yesterday. Just absolutely smoked by the Twins. It did not matter who came in to pitch yesterday. The Twins just kept hitting. So I tried digging into Logan Allen's stats is there something that's different is there something that changed something in his metrics or something that would show what kind of went wrong with Logan Allen and I heard people on Twitter going well this is why you can't trust spring training stats blah blah this is why spring training stats don't matter yeah Logan Allen was really good in spring training and he earned a spot he earned the fifth spot in the rotation because of his performance in spring training and what it tells me is that a guy was working on something all offseason, 
it was clicking out in Arizona. He had his mechanics down. He gets into the regular season. His first two starts are actually okay. He takes the loss in the game against Kansas City on April 5th, but he goes five innings, only five hits, only two runs, uh, gives up one home run, two walks, three strikeouts. Not not awful. His whip was 1.4, so not great, but not awful. Kept us in the game for five innings, gave us a chance. Then he faces Detroit. That was the series we smoked Detroit. He gets the win. He goes five innings also in that one. Only two hits this time, one earned run, no homers, three walks, still walking too many, and five strikeouts. His whip on that game is 1.2. Pretty good. Pretty decent for your fifth starter. If he was a five-and-fly kind of guy, you know, being this young as the fifth starter, that would actually be okay. Then everything falls apart against the Cincinnati Reds. He only lasts two innings, gives up five runs, only three earned on three hits. Doesn't give up a home run, doesn't walk anyone, two strikeouts. His whip is only 1.25. I I mean, I could spend the time if you really want me to and dig back into the box score that game, but clearly something wasn't going right there if he gives up five runs. Then against the Yankees, he absolutely gets shelled. Now things are starting to go really wrong for him. Now it's, you ever hear, uh, God, I love from the movie Replacements when Keanu Reeves describes quicksand. Do you remember that movie, The Replacements, the football movie? And Keanu Keanu Reeves describes why he's afraid of quicksand and out on the field. And it's when one thing goes wrong and you think, okay, I can climb out of this. And then another thing goes wrong and another thing goes wrong. And the more you fight and the harder you struggle, the more you sink like quicksand. Well, that's kind of what's happening to Logan Allen here. Uh, Terrible start against the Reds. Comes out, makes it worse against the Yankees. Gives up three home runs to the Yankees. And then comes out, makes it even worse against the Twins, gives up three home runs to the Twins in only an inning and a third. I mean, in three of the first four batters. So, yeah, he has definitely fallen into some quicksand, and it's something mechanical. It's got to be. The only thing that stands out, the only thing that stands out is the, on StatCast, I'm still on Baseball Savant's webpage here, but I'm looking just at Logan Allen, is the barrels. I mean, he's giving up an insane, he's giving up, 13% barrels on his batted balls. That's insanely high. Uh, Max exit velocity, he is in the first percentile. He has been hit the hardest. The max off of him is 118. It's the bottom 1% of the league. Uh, Expected weighted on base percentage, 4th percentile. Expected ERA, 4th percentile. Expected batting average, 7th percentile. He is... Arguably one of the worst pitchers in baseball to start the season. And don't give up on him. Absolutely don't give up on him. He has a lot of talent. There's a lot of things to work on there. He's 20, some 23 years old. Don't give up on Logan Allen. Come on now. This happens. Send him down to AAA. Let him work on whatever mechanical things are going wrong. I mean, looking at the, um, the pitch illustrator... Over on the game yesterday, tons of balls up and away. A lot of these are fastballs from the lefty that he just could not get to the plate. That's mechanical. That is something in his release, something in his windup that is not working. And when he was overcompensating, he was throwing a lot of balls down into the left corner of the plate, way off the plate, down into the righties. 
And it's interesting, if you were to plot these on a graph, which, I mean, they're basically plotted on a graph here on Baseball Savant, there is a pretty good line that runs through all the pitches he threw yesterday that probably matches his arm angle from that left hand. Coming out of that left hand, the arm angle of his body, I bet you this line of pitches, if you were to plot this on a chart, matches that line of his arm angle pretty well. Because it's obvious that some of these other pitchers, like if you look at Jay Happ, he's all over the place. In, out, up, down. There's no, you couldn't plot a line. It's a blob. You could not plot this. Uh, For Logan Allen, you could absolutely plot this on a chart. It's clear something physical, something, not physical, because that'd be an injury. Something mechanical is wrong in his delivery where he is not able to command to all sides of the plate, all corners of the strike zone. It is it is on this line right now. And no wonder it's so easy for the Twins hitters to hit home runs because you see the line that these pitches are coming on. So you could tell if it's going to be up and away, down and in, or right down the pipe. So let's get into the actual matchups here. Logan Allen versus Byron Buxton. I would say this first home run is a little bit of a fluke home run. The expected batting average on it was only 340. They talked about it on the game. Uh, Something about the wind blowing out to right field yesterday. I mean, it's not like Cleveland has a short fence in right field. It's a fairly respectable, you know, dimensions to our ballpark. But it only had an expected batting batting average of 340, and it went for a home run. First pitch of the game, fastball way high and outside, not even close. Second one, he's clearly trying to get it in the strike zone, get it over, show that he could throw a strike to himself, and Buxton takes a good swing on it and pokes it out for the home run. Okay, you can get it. My brother texts me, and I'm like, dude, you don't understand. He's like, Byron Buxton? Really? I'm like, you don't understand. Byron Buxton is one of the best players in baseball right now. I'm like, don't don't worry. Let's see what he does against the rest of the lineup. Like, it's one of those lineups where Buxton might kill you, but the rest of the lineup won't. Well... Donaldson actually goes through a good battle here. This felt like a decent at-bat, although he still was missing away and then missing down and in. So he gets a called strike on a four-seam fastball, uh, puts it on the plate, uh, throws a slider, can't get it over the plate, throws a changeup that Donaldson probably should have crushed. I mean, it is middle of the plate at the belt, swinging strike. Donaldson probably should have crushed that one. Misses with a slider, misses with a changeup badly. Way off the plate with a slider and a changeup. Now he had a chance. He was up 1-2 in the count. Now it's a full count. He throws him a four-seam fastball at the letters down the middle. He fouls it off. He throws him a changeup in the exact same spot. There's your mistake. I mean, when their home run comes, you can usually see the mistake. Here's the mistake. Fastball, middle of the plate at the letters, changeup in the same spot. If he just fouled that off... Now you're speeding up his bat, and of course he launches it for a home run. Walks Nelson Cruz, doesn't even come close on some pitches to Nelson Cruz. I mean, he does get Cruz to a full count, but all four of the pitches he missed on are uh, a changeup and three fastballs that aren't even close to the plate. Cruz doesn't even have to sweat any of these pitches. They're way away. And then Polanco, he misses way away again gets pissed off. He throws Polanco all fastballs because he's just trying to find the strike zone here. Misses down, misses down and in, then finally gets one on the outside edge and then throws him one in the exact same spot. 
same speed, same spot, and he launches at 106.3 miles per hour and 426 feet. This one had an expected batting average of 1,000. No cheap home run here from Polanco. So yeah, every home run kind of has a little story to it. It has a little like, oh, if you look at the pitch mix or something like that, the location, uh, or look at a previous at bat, there's always something that tells the story of kind of why a home run happened. And I think you could see from all of these at-bats exactly why the home run happened. Either it was a get-me-over fastball, either it was a fastball and a changeup in the same location, or two fastballs in the exact same location, making it really easy on the hitters. And like I said, all of these pitches coming on the same plane, that same line from that left-handed arm. All right, so that is, I mean, that's Logan Allen. That's as much as I can dissect how bad Logan Allen was yesterday. The other thing that was amazing yesterday was uh, Byron Buxton. Goes five for five, two doubles, a home run, an RBI, two runs scored. His batting average is up to 438. He's at a 1408 OPS. He legged out one of those doubles. One of those doubles was not hardly hit. It was a dribbler through the shift up the middle, and he just legged it out. I mean, it was hit so hard, and it took... Our center fielder, Luplo, so long to get in on that ball that Buxton is that fast that he can leg out a double on that. I mean, that's a slow-pitch softball double, right? That's the kind of double you see on a Sunday morning on slow-pitch softball where it takes so long for the outfielders to get into the ball that a guy, every single, turns into a double. Buxton's that fast that he can make it happen in Major League Baseball. And then he, he ropes two doubles, or he ropes another double, and yeah, he was just absolutely cooking with fire yesterday. Buxton is that good this season. And if you go over to the leaderboards, if you go over to the leaderboards and you look at uh, exit velocity and barrels, I'm still on baseball savant. Now, there, for some reason, the minimum batted ball events to qualify, for some reason, it's like over 50 and Buxton did spend a few time, a few days, you know, nursing an injury. So he's only at 50 batted ball events. So he doesn't qualify initially when you click on that page. But if you change the minimum requirement to 25 batted ball events, suddenly Byron Buxton is at the top of the list. Barrels per plate appearance, he's at 17.6% barrels. Barrels. This is... The definition of a barrel on Baseball Savant, because I did have to double-check this, because it is confusing. What's a hard hit? What's a barrel? A barrel is a batted ball with the perfect combination of exit velocity and launch angle. So you can have an exit velocity on a grounder of like 108 miles per hour. That's great. Maybe it gets through. Maybe it's just a ground out back to the pitcher. And uh, so, yeah, so you could have a hard hit ball. That is not a barrel. A barrel, you have to have the launch angle combined with it. So you're looking at home runs and doubles and things like that off the wall and balls that are just absolutely roped. And he's at 17.6. The next is Shohei Otani at 16.1% barrels per plate appearance. Nelson Cruz, of course, hits the ball hard. We all know that, 15.9. Rafael Devers is doing great. Fermil Reyes comes in sixth, right behind Mike Zanino in Tampa Bay. Uh, Fermil Reyes is at 14.9 barrel percentage. So yeah, Buxton is that good. Looking at the uh, expected stats, expected weighted on base percentage, Buxton comes in fifth. 
He comes in fifth at 494. Bryce Harper is actually leading this at 535. But if we go to true slugging percentage, not the expected slugging percentage, but true slugging percentage, what actually happened on the field, Buxton is at 938. The next closest is Trout at 783, almost 150 points higher than Mike Trout, perennial MVP Mike Trout, and Ronald Acuna, who's at 750. Yeah, 938. He is blowing away the field right now. And just on batting average alone, just old school batting average, 438. Your mean Mercedes is actually at 432 still, Trout at 420. Buxton is that good now. We Yesterday, we talked about his history. Now we're talking about his actual stats. These are the actual MLB leaderboards. So when your brother or sister texts you and says, Byron Buxton? What is Byron Buxton is destroying us? Tell him, yeah, yeah, he's that good right now. I mean, if he keeps this up, it's very early in the season, very early. But if he keeps this up, he is absolutely your leading candidate for MVP. It's him and Shrout probably leading uh, the AL for MVP. All right. Now, more Indians news. Uh, They sent Logan Allen down. That did not take long. They told him after the game. Mandy Bell has the article. If you go find her on MLB.com or, you know, look her up on Twitter, she has a story about Logan Allen and kind of his reaction. And he's like, yeah, I've been really bad. I put my team in a bad position today, and I need to go work on some things. He admitted it, so he's going down to the alternate site. Now, I didn't see it from her, and I didn't see it from Zach Meisel or any of the beat reporters that I'm used to seeing news from. Maybe they're just not awake yet. Uh, But some of the other Indians Twitter accounts say that Nick Sandlin is the one who's getting the call up uh, on Friday to start this White Sox series. He is a really intriguing prospect who's probably slotted as a reliever. I believe he's got the sidearm delivery. So we'll see if Sandlin is officially the call-up here. I, I'm guessing that these Twitter accounts that follow the Indians, some of these some of these are pretty re- reputable, and they, they know what they're talking about. So I'm sure you'll see all the beat reporters tweeting this out in an hour or two. So yeah, Sandlin is coming up to join the team. What does that mean for the fifth starter? They don't really need to decide on the fifth starter until... I mean, until the Kansas City series, they have some time because of the off day. It looks like Shane Bieber is going to pitch Friday. Normally, this would be McKenzie's turn in the rotation. And I thought because they're so worried about innings in this bounce back season after the shortened season, I thought maybe they would just stick to the rotation and give Shane Bieber an extra day of rest. But they don't. Bieber is going against Keuchel on Friday night. Uh, Saturday, we got Lance Lynn is back for the White Sox, but the Indians have not announced a starter here. So it could be Plesak, or they could slot McKenzie back in there. Give McKenzie an extra day or two of rest. Don't skip him in the rotation. Give him an extra day or two of rest, and then slot him in on Saturday afternoon. So we'll see where, you know, when that decision comes down. If that's Plesak into Savali, or if it's McKenzie into Plesak, and then Savali starts the series against Kansas City. And at that point, you're going to be looking, who do I need to use as a fifth starter? I feel like it's got to be Henches at this point, right? I mean, he's here. You don't have to make a roster move. He threw 53 pitches yesterday. 
didn't go great. Got hard hit. Three innings, five hits in three innings, three runs, two earned, both on solo home runs that were crushed. One of the home runs hit the facing on the bridge to connect the parking garage and the suites. The third floor of the parking garage. Someone hit that bridge. That is a monster shot. And Jim Tomey, man, Jim Tomey, I, we love the guy here in Cleveland. I did not think that the broadcast yesterday on YouTube TV was that great. I mean, they start talking about monster home runs in Cleveland, and Tomey is not speaking up. It's like, come on, Jim, you're the king of home runs in progressive field. Like, give us something, man. Give us something. Hey, I loved hitting here. Hey, remember when I hit one 511 feet to dead center field? Like, nothing. We got nothing from Jim Tomey yesterday when it came to hitting home runs in progressive field. Is it because he's a lefty and he never hits that home run porch out there in the left field corner? I don't know. But, yeah, a ball was hit. I think it was Rooker. I think it was Brent. No, Mitch Garver. It was Mitch Garver who hit one off that facing, off that facing out there in uh, in left field. That's insane. So anyways, yeah, Hentage got hit hard. Henches got hit hard. So is he's probably the starter. He's more stretched out than Trevor Steffen is. He's more stretched out than Cal Quantrill is right now, although Quantrill didn't pitch. So if it's been a few days, maybe Quantrill comes in. They could also use Henches as an opener, as a go through the lineup once. Maybe we piggyback someone, or maybe we just get right into our bullpen at that point. Like, the fifth starter doesn't necessarily have to go as deep into the game as Shane Bieber does. It really could be a once-through-the-order opener, and then you get into the rest of your bullpen. I mean, we have enough arms right now. We're still carrying nine arms. And if Logan Allen's going down and Sandlin's coming up, we have a ton of arms to work with in that bullpen. So that absolutely could be the plan. It's something they've talked about, they've always talked about, but I don't feel like they've ever really deployed unless, you know, in an emergency injury situation i don't feel like they've really employed an opener's you know strategy at all since it's kind of become a thing so we will see what they decide other mlb news uh i don't know if you saw the absolutely awful awful uh runners interference situation that happened uh yesterday it was in the brewers marlins game the hitter for the Marlins chops one down the first base line, which the pitcher scoops up and flips to first base for an easy out. And the umpire loses his damn mind and calls interference. Runner, you know, runners interfered. We interfered with the runner. Well, we didn't. The Brewers interfered with the base runner. He was out by a mile. He was barely running down the line at this point. He, he knew he was out. He knew he was out, and he was he was fine with it. Like, he's hustling because you're supposed to hustle, but he basically gives up. I'm guessing they called the interference on the pitcher who was fielding the ball. How could you call interference on the pitcher fielding the ball? N- nobody was in the base path. It was absolutely absurd. This ump uh, maybe needs to be sent to an alternate site because he needs to understand the rules of base running a little better than this. I can't believe the manager for the Brewers didn't get thrown out of this game. I mean, you got to make this ump understand his mistake. So the umps, once again, do something terrible. The other thing in Major League Baseball yesterday that was interesting, Jacob deGrom was on the mound for the New York Mets yesterday. 
DeGrom, arguably the best pitcher in baseball right now, goes six innings, three hits, gives up one earned run, one walk, nine strikeouts to the Red Sox, and loses the game one nothing. He has a 0.51 ERA, and he's 2-2 two and two on the season. The Mets had two hits yesterday. Two hits. That's it. Absolutely. The Red Sox only had four hits. I mean, what a brutal, brutal game to watch yesterday. So, yeah, uh, that was your other MLB news. Is, uh, DeGrom is actually absolutely getting robbed uh, uh, in New York, up there in uh, in Brooklyn. And, yeah, it's, it's hard to see one of the best pitchers in baseball. I mean, we've seen it here. We saw it with Corey Kluber. We've seen it with Shane Bieber a little bit, where your ace just does not get any kind of run support. And what's going on in New York right now is at another level with DeGrom. So, yep, that's all your MLB news. On a day like this, there's not much to talk about in the game, so why not mix in a little bit of MLB news? All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. It's an off day. Go enjoy the NFL draft. If you're a draft junkie like my brother is who will be sitting on the couch this weekend watching every single pick all the way through the seventh round, I'll tune in. I'll check out a little bit. I'll see the top few picks. I'll see what the Browns do. So enjoy the draft tonight, and then we'll be back on Saturday morning to cover the start of the White Sox series, and your ace Shane Bieber is back on the mound. We had a three-game win streak. We take the loss yesterday. Let's bounce right back, and let's go back to war with the Chicago White Sox. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. I'm serious. It's an off day. Go ahead and email me. I'm open to all your thoughts, all your opinions. You can get your emails read on the show like that. Let's do it. Let's talk baseball. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a funny conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.